Well, shiver me timbers, it's St. Patrick's Day, don't you know, you little sea monkeys. Hello, this is Harlan Williams, your host for the the green Harland Highway today. Yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day. Uh, and to celebrate, we have Crinky McCringles, the leprechaun, dropping by the studio. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. He's a bit of a character, but uh, nonetheless, there's no one more appropriate to come by on St. Patty's Day than a real live leprechaun. So uh, put your uh, curly shoes on and get ready for Crinky McCringles. Also, uh, we're going to be talking about Roger, my technician Roger, my producer Roger, as, as we start to close the show down. One of the pavement pounders called to ask, what the heck's going to happen to uh, Roger, who's been with the show right from the beginning? So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Roger. And then uh, also a crazy news story. Uh, this one is going to make your skin crawl. This one is going to make your nostril crawl is what it's going to make. It's just kind of ooh and weird and creepy and uh, funny at the same time. So get ready for a crazy news story. Also, instead of phone calls, we're going to do emails. We're going to open up the uh, Pavement Pounder mailbag from people who are upset about the podcast ending, and we're going to talk about it. So all that and more on St. Patrick's Day here on the Harland Highway. Do you know my name? It's on the marriage certificate. I've never seen you before in all my life. Hold on to your airbag. You heartless, heartless monsters. All of you through and through. You're riding down the Harland Highway. When you see a fallen star, that means a witch has just died. You clumsy idiot. The Harland Highway. All I want is to hear people say something again and to see people moving again. I'm Floyd Bernie, the rockabilly boy. Don't you understand? You're listening to Harlan Williams. I can't be your daughter. I'm a machine. Man, you've been dead a thousand years. Why, George, I think he's got it. You're riding down the Harland Highway with Harlan Williams. What's up, Doc? Mister, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose right now. Don't leave me here! It's Ethan from Dallas. Hey, man, I had a question for you about the show ending. Uh, what's Roger going to do? I mean, the guy, I mean, he's not nearly personable enough to get another job in entertainment. I mean, he's not nice enough to work in the service industry. Well, I mean, what? what what's the guy going to do? You're putting the guy on the street, man. I don't know. I don't know. How could you? How could you? Shark chow mein. Well, that's a very good question, young lad. And uh, here's the reality about Roger, in case you didn't know, and I think most of you realize or understand, Roger doesn't exist. Okay, all these years, there's no Roger. <laughs> and that's, you know, I almost wish I did have a Roger because that's been one of the, uh, one of the uh, labor-intensive facets of this podcast is I don't have anybody. A lot of these guys and girls who have podcasts, they have producers and they have technicians and they have this and they have that. And, and uh, you know, a lot of these, these podcasters come in, sit down, talk, and leave, right? 
and and that's the end of it. But not me, man. Not me. I, I put in all my own sounds. I put in all my own music. I put all the my, my title sequences I put together. I mean, I edit it. I cut it. I record it. I do everything. And as you can tell, my podcast is a lot more production heavy than your average podcast. And to be honest, that's part of what I, I loved about it. I love the creative process. I love I love cutting things together. I like dropping in sounds right when they're perfect. I like uh, using music and noises to accent the bits. And But boy, is it a lot of work. Oi, oi, oi. But it's fun and it's rewarding. And when I hear it back and it works, I'm like, oh, that's so cool, man. Gives me a buzz. But it, but it does take a lot of work. So Roger was a figment of my imagination to a degree. Okay, let me give you a little backstory with the Harland Highway. The Harland Highway started off as a drive-home radio show, believe it or not, in Denver, Colorado. I was, uh, I was in Denver doing some stand-up comedy. And I went into the uh, the local radio station, the morning show, and these this was like the number one morning show in Denver. And I did an interview. And at the end of the interview, I guess uh, you know some of the uh, the programmers and so on, um, you know they were they were uh, they were listening. And I guess they loved what I did. They thought it was funny and and silly and quick and all the other things. And after I left the interview, uh, I was summoned to the office of one of the heads of the uh, radio station. They said, hey, how would you like to do your own radio show? And I was like, what? (laughs) Okay, sure, man. (laughs) You know. (laughs) So uh, they wanted me to do the drive home radio show in Denver uh, between, I think it was 3 o'clock and 7 o'clock in the evening. And uh, I said, I love it, but there's no way I'm moving to Denver. I just can't with all my work and my, you know, my house and my home. And, and they said, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll buy you all the equipment and we'll set you up. And, uh, and, so, uh, and so they did. And what happened with that is um, they set me up with a producer whose name is actually Roger, Roger King. There, there you go. That's probably the first time you've ever heard his last name. After all these years, Roger King, and Roger was this, is this brilliant uh, sound guy, and what would happen is I would record all my comedy bits, just a cappella, just me talking, and then I would email the comedy bits to Roger, and Roger would fill them in with all the noise and the music and the sound effects, and he would just add another incredible layer to them. Oh, my God. Uh, so you can, so, um, I'll tell you how you can hear some of those bits, but, um, so Roger did all that and I had to come up with, uh, I think it was eight to 10 bits a day. Okay. Cause in, in, in Denver, we did the Harland highway daily. So I had to come w- with eight to 10 bits a day. So you, you get one a week. Imagine me doing eight to 10 a day. Okay. So I had to record those, send them via email. Roger would uh, you know, put all this color onto them, and then they would insert the uh, insert my bits in between, you know, rock and roll songs, you know, 
Remember, they'd play like three songs and then I'd do a bit and then, you know, they had me record like, and now Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven on the Harland Highway, right? So they, it, it made it seem like I was there, right, in the studio. So it was really good. So we did that for a year. And one of the uh, deal, one of the the points of the deal I made is I said, look, any any bits I do, I want to own them. And so at the end of the Harland Highway radio show in Denver, uh, because I did eight bits a day, my God, at the end of it I had a thousand bits. Can you believe it? A thousand uh, comedy bits. And so I was like, man, I got all these bits and I don't know what to do with them. And right around that time is when podcasting started for, for stand-up comedians. There was only a few people doing it. Adam Carolla, Mark Marin, maybe two or three more. Hardly anybody, right? And so I was like, oh my God, I'm going to do a podcast and I'll just continue doing the Harland Highway. But instead of just doing my bits, what I'll do is I'll do like running commentary and I'll talk about things. And then in between my commentary, I'll drop in these bits that are already produced. And, uh, and so that's what I did. But in the meantime, I realized, well, I don't want my show to sound like two different shows. I want it to sound like everything's produced at the level Roger did it. So what I did is I learned on my own time how to do all that. And so, uh, and so what I did is I started, uh, layering in a lot of my stuff in, in, into the shows the way Roger did. Right. And because Roger was part of it and because Roger, uh, was just so familiar to me right out of the gate, I kind of pretended that Roger was still there and it, and it kind of gave me someone to throw to. Like if I was doing a bid and I wanted to pretend I was talking to someone else or or get someone else to do something or blame someone. It was Roger. And I also got Roger to record some bits for me and send them back to me via email where he did a whole bunch of um, sound bites where it, it was like him talking. I was like, Harlan, there's someone on line three. Harlan, George Michael on line four. I was like, Harlan, I don't know what to do. I didn't say anything. Like I had him, I had him do like a hundred different little uh, little bits so that I could have conversations and cut him in and make it sound like he was talking to me from from the uh, sound booth. As you know, I had him put I, I put little production on it so it sounded like uh, his voice, right? And uh, and so what happened is when podcasting started, I took all those bits and started the Harland Highway as a podcast. And if you want to hear some of Roger's early bits, you can go back of your premium member. You can go back right to the very beginning. And what I would do is I'd drop in two or three of my bits from the Denver show into the regular Harland Highway right at the beginning. And uh, it was great because here were these bits that were like super produced and had all these funny noises and music. And, and it was beautiful, man. And no other podcast had it. And, uh, and so that kind of set the tone for what I wanted to do with the Harland Highway with lots of characters and, and sounds and stuff like that. And, and that's why I thought, oh, man, my podcast is going to stand out from everybody else's because it's just got such a different sound and a different approach. And as I said, uh, which is, you know, painful for me, but uh, unfortunately it, it wasn't, uh, 
it didn't it didn't resonate with people as much. <laughs> that was a sound effect. I didn't really cough. Yes, I did. Uh, it didn't resonate with people as much as I had hoped. Now, to be honest, if I had a hundred thousand listeners right now, if I had two hundred thousand listeners, if I if I had seventy five thousand listeners, I, I'll be honest, I would still be doing the Harland Highway. But after nine years or whatever the hell we've done, and and I still only get about. As I mentioned, and I hate to admit it, but I I only get about uh, you know fifteen hundred to two thousand listeners per episode, and I I love all of you that listen, but it's just it's just like like I said after nine years, it's so much work, and it's just not climbing. You know what I mean? It, it's like I I. I, I'm doing this because I love it, but I'm also doing it because I want it to reach people and make them laugh. And and if it's not reaching people, if it's not climbing, if it's not growing, that tells me something, unfortunately, that for those of you that love it, thank you, but it's kind of telling me that the rest of you don't really love it. And so it's kind of sad. It's, 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 it, you know, breaks my heart because I put so much into it and I thought people would love it. You've, we've all done that. You do something, you think people are going to love it, and then they don't, or it's met halfway, or it's me- it just got a mediocre response. So I'm a big boy. I can handle it, but it, you know that's that's why I'm kind of ending the podcast. I've told you this before. It's just I'm looking in the mirror and going, I want to do stuff that, that reaches a bigger audience. I want to do something that if this isn't it, what is it? And I want to try and find that. And, uh, and I feel like, man, 10 years is a lot of time to test it and run it. And I had so much fun with it. Um, so anyways, Roger, Roger isn't a real guy. Once, once I, you know, once I exhausted the thousand, uh, episodes, the thousand bits that I did uh, from the radio show, once I exhausted those, then I just started doing the whole thing myself. Uh, tons of work, but uh, and and so I, I just realized it's kind of ironic. The Harland Highway radio show ended after a thousand bits in Denver, and now the Harland Highway podcast is ending after a thousand episodes in uh, in real time out of Los Angeles. So man, a thousand is not my friend. The number a thousand is 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 like the death knell for me. What the hell? But anyways, Roger continued uh, to work in in Denver uh, in the radio world, and I think he's still there. Me and Roger, whenever I go to Denver to do stand-up, we we get together and we hug it out. We go for lunch, and he comes to the shows, or we go for dinner, or we we email, we send Christmas cards to each other. We're still great friends. I, I have love in my heart for Roger. He... He was so good and and so uh, complimentary to the show and so talented and supportive and and I learned so much from Roger. So uh, if Roger's listening, the real Roger, uh, you know, buddy, I love you and I think all the listeners love you too, man. You affected this podcast in so many positive and good ways and just having you there, you know, even even when I was talking to you, when you weren't there, I, I was visualizing you and I imagined you were there and I felt like you were there. So it's it's kind of fun in a way. In a way, Roger was here the whole time. So there you go. So Roger's just fine. Roger's actually a great guy. I created this antagonistic relationship between us just for the benefit of comedy. 
but uh but no he's nothing but amazing and professional and great and uh we love rogers so there you go thanks for that phone call and uh rog like you know he's not there right rog let's let's move on okay let's go to the next topic wink wink rog see now it's weird it's like you're probably like ooh, i didn't want to know that i didn't want to know he's not there now harlan's just faking it he's he says, there's no Roger, but you only have to believe for a few more shows. So um, there you go. Okay, let's move on, Rog. One cheeseburger with everything coming up. Rice aroni, the San Francisco treat. Hey, Holland, baby. How you doing? Happy St. Patty's Day. You know, when St. Patty's Day comes around, I got to get me some of the juiciest, hottest, most flavorful corned beef that ever is. And I always think of my Holland. I hope to see you real soon, baby. I heard you's coming down my way yonder sometime this summer. Well, I hope to see you, baby. I'll be sitting right up there with my corned beef sandwich. Chin on. All right, baby. St. Patrick's Day, St. Holland's Day, chicken chow mein forever. Love you, baby. Ro- Roger? Roger, what is that music? Roger, hello? What is that that, that Irish music I'm hearing? Shiver me timbers, flirty dark. Shivery dirty, flirty dirty. Oh, my God. Is that who I think it is? me, a Crinky McCringles, the Irish Leprechaun, here for St. Patty's Day, don't you know? Sluggledy glurk, blurkledy dark, shimbledy diggledy dingle dark. Wow, oh my god, that's right. Holy smokes, it's it, it's St. Patty's Day, of course you're here, Crinky McCringles. What, uh, what's going on? Well, I thought I'd, uh, you know, get some of me famous Irish corned beef out. And let everybody have a little taste of her, don't you know? Shurgledy dark, slimderdy ding, glumberdy glingerdy gluggledy gling. Well, okay. Uh, I don't really have a cooking facility here. Um, if you want to uh, pull some roast uh, corned beef out, I guess we could uh, we could set something up. Oh, no need to do that, shriveldy dunk. What, what do you mean, Cranky? Keep me record beef right here, don't you know? Flirty dark, shingledy dark, norkledy dark. What do you mean you keep it right here? I keep me corn beef right here in me trousers, don't you know? Dingledy, shlurkledy, flurkledy dark. Oh no, 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 no! We don't mean that kind of corn beef. We we mean corn beef. From, from from a cut from a from a cow and then marinated. Well, I'm the leprechaun, and the corned beef you're gonna have today on this merry St. Patty's Day is the corned beef of me arse cheeks. Shivelly, doubledy, dinkledy, darf, scrubbledy, dark. No, no, stop the music, Roger. Stop the music. Thank you. Now listen, Crinky. I, if you're going to bring in some traditional Irish corned beef, that's fine, okay? Nothing 
like filling the studio with the smell of delicious corned beef, but you are not, I repeat, you are not going to pull down your little leprechaun pants and shove your ass cheeks, as you call them. I call them me arse cheeks, don't you know, shingledy dark? Arse cheeks, which I know you leprechauns refer to as your, your corned beef. That's right, shingledy dark. Well, you're not, you're not, uh... Pulling out your corned beef in my studio. Well, look who's trying to tell the magic lucky leprechaun how to live his life, Shingledy Dorf. Watch this now as I do a magic trick. What do you mean a magic trick? Some lucky leprechaun magic, Shingledy Dink. What, what do you mean? Watch as I make some fresh corned beef appear. And how are you going to do that, Cranky? I just undo me little... Me little leprechaun trousers. Have a look. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those are the flabbiest, rubberiest, palest arse cheeks I've ever seen in my in my life. Yeah, well, hey, why don't you sniff the corned beef? Shivelly, darkly, diggly, dark. Pull them up. Pull, get your, pull your pants up, cranky McCringles. And get your damn corned beef out of my studio. I don't care if it is St. Patty's Day. Oh, why don't you shove your face straight in me corned beef arse cheeks and take a big, solid sniff, shivelly dark, kivelly darkly, fuggly dark, slurkly dark, flurkly dark. Shut up! God! You know what? Out! Get the hell out! Pull up your pants and get out of here! Crinky McCringles. Well, how about some fresh sausage and beans to go with it? Get out of here! Out, Crinky McCringles! Shivity dunk, gliggly blunk, gliggly 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 blunk, suck me ice cheeks, you fat slob! God! That guy's crap. At first, I was excited to see him, and then it was like, ooh! I'm reminded what a creepy little guy he is. Pulling out his corned beef uh, arse cheeks, as he calls them. Roger, don't let him back in. I don't want any more crinky McCringles. Let's move on. Oh, my God. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Sorry you had to hear about it through the prism of crinky McCringles, the leprechaun. But nonetheless, we love the Irish. I'm part Irish. And uh, happy St. Patty's Day. Lord. Smells like corned beef in here. Hey, Harlan, it's Shelly. It's Shelly. The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. Okay. Oh, God. As if Crinky McCringles wasn't crazy enough. How about this crazy news story? Schnurgle Dargans and Linger Dingans. This is just creepy. Okay, here it is. Here's the headline. Tooth. Yeah, that's right. I said tooth. Tooth pulled from inside man's nose after losing sense of smell. What the hell? Oh, my God. A curious case of a man's seemingly typical nasal symptoms landed in a medical journal after doctors discovered that a tooth 
growing in his nose was the actual culprit. Oh, God. The 59-year-old had complained of a stuffy nose and the gradual loss of his sense of smell over the last two years and had sought the help of a specialist after topical steroids failed to help. Ooh, I wonder if he could smell his own tooth. I mean, if your tooth's up your nose, and I think we all know if you don't brush a tooth for a long time, it gets like placky and scummy and green and stinky. Ooh. Ooh, imagine that just smelling rotten tooth all day long. The man who was not identified by name, well, let's just call him uh, old molar snout. How about that? Went to a hospital in Denmark, which revealed, oh, God, a mucus-covered mass in his nasal cavity. Oh, God. His doctor suspected a dermoid cyst, which which can take on a strange appearance and have hair or other bizarre features. Come on. Oh, this is just awful. But according to the study, when doctors surgically removed the growth, they discovered an extremely rare instance of a stray tooth. The case is so rare that doctors estimate it occurs in just 0.1 to 1% of patients. Did it occur to anyone that maybe this wasn't a man, that maybe it was a wild boar? You know, those wild boars get the big tusks growing up out of their snouts. Maybe this guy's a centaur or something. Maybe he's a mystical Greek beast with with a tooth out of his nose. And by the way, if the tooth fairy's listening, I'm sorry. It's not going to be a good night for you. You're going to flutter down with your little fairy wings, root around underneath this guy's pillow, and there's going to be a nostril tooth there waiting for you. God, covered with mucus. Now, I don't know what the, 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 uh, the value of a tooth is nowadays, tooth fairy. I don't know what you're uh, paying for them. But I'm thinking, you know, if this guy's got a nose tooth and only 0.11 of the population ever gets him, this thing's got to be worth something, man. Ugh. It says a, re- a retained nasal tooth is rare and the symptoms are variable. The tooth can resemble other diseases such as chronic rhinosignitis. And whatever that is, it has the word rhino in it, so I guess I wasn't far off from the wild boar analogy. Uh, Surgical removal is recommended to confirm the diagnosis and eliminate symptoms. Or why don't you just get braces? You know, why don't you get a, a brace put on your nose and straighten it and see if the damn thing will curve around and grow back into your mouth? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's my mucus tooth. Uh, Hand me another cob of corn. According to the authors of this story, the man's symptoms improved after the tooth was removed. But doctors still aren't sure what caused the tooth to grow or for how long it had been present without him noticing. Trauma or infection to the area may result 
in a misplaced tooth or developmental issue. But this man had neither. Quote, in our case, there was no obvious explanation, the doctors wrote. Well, I don't know. Maybe he was sleeping on his face. Maybe he sneezed too hard. Maybe he ate a jawbreaker. You know those candies? You know, when you're a kid, you, you try to bite into a jaw. Maybe this guy tried to bite into a jawbreaker and he didn't even know it. And he shoved his tooth right up into his nose. Oh, my God. I mean, I just want to know what, what nose, what nostril they had to pick to get the tooth out. Let's see. Do we pick the right nostril or the left nostril? Uh, somebody get the floss. Let's have a look at this thing. I mean, I'm just glad the guy didn't sneeze one day. You ever, you ever have someone sneeze on you? I mean, good Lord, imagine this guy. You're sitting beside him on an airplane, and he all of a sudden he sneezes. It's like, ah, chew. It's like a blow dart. All of a sudden you got a, a tooth in your neck. Ah! It's like this guy's got a blow dart gun for a nose, and he's shooting like lion's teeth or something. Oh, my God. Oh, man, these crazy stories just never end. So there you go. Uh, go brush your teeth. I'm, I know I'm going to. I feel just creepy after this. And while you're at it, while you're brushing your teeth, shove, a, shove something up your nose. And here, here's what you do. If you want to know if there's a tooth up your nose, shove a chocolate bar or a carrot or some celery up your nose. And if you start to hear crunching... <laughs> You know you got some teeth up there. They're eating. If you can pull the carrot or the celery back out and it's unscarred, your nose is clear. And if you want to eat the uh, vegetable anyhow, go do it. Why not? Like you never pick your nose and eat it. Yeah, nice try. I mean, imagine that. You go to pick your nose one day and your nose bites you. Ah! What the hell? Oh, my God. I mean, you, you, you know, people always pick their nose in the car, right? You look over, and there's a guy picking his nose, and all of a sudden his tip of his finger gets bit off. Ah! His, own, his own nose bites him. Oh, what a nutty story. All right, I'm going to go get some celery, and we'll be right back. Oh, my God. Letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every Open the Harlan Highway mailbag. The only place in the world where the emails are actually made of paper somehow. I don't I don't know how, but they are. Uh, so so the last few uh, podcasts, you know, as you know, the podcast is coming to an end soon, and there's uh, just a few left. And I've been trying to, like, kind of help people process it. You know, some people don't need it. They're just like, come on, get it over with. Do the last 10 episodes. But there's other people 
that the podcast has been a companion, has been a friend, has been part of their life for the last, uh, you know, however many years they've been listening to it. And some of you have become very attached to it, maybe emotionally or, or metaphysically or psychologically or just uh, just a little bit or maybe deeply, you know. Whenever you, uh, whenever you uh, become a fan of a show or, or a radio show or a radio host or a TV host or anything in life, you, you, uh, you kind of don't want it to end if you, if you like it. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when things end in life, there's no, there's no answers for it. There's no, uh, there's no reason. There's no rhyme or it, answer, it, it ends suddenly and nobody ever tells you how or why. And they don't prepare you for it. So uh, I've been kind of taking a little bit of time every out of every podcast to kind of, you know, just talk about it. Be there for everybody. You know, go through our feelings and our emotions. And uh, so I thought, you know, we've done a lot of phone calls about the podcast ending, but I've also been getting a lot of emails. And I thought, let's... Uh, Let's read some of these real paper emails. So uh, here's the first one. This one is from Jay Clark. And it says, the death of a friend. Oh, my gosh. It says, hi, Harland. I've taken a couple of weeks to process and digest the news that you're moving along to new endeavors. I have been a loyal and committed pavement pounder for four years now, and your podcast has brought me unlimited joy positive mental health and well-being. Wow. When I first heard you were leaving, I was gutted, crushed, devastated. It was like someone told me that a friend of mine died. Oh my gosh. I had to take a couple of weeks off from listening to you to try and wrap my head around the thought of not hearing you as much in the future. I have since started listening again and I have to tell you how grateful I am for your handling of the whole situation. Hearing how disappointed other people are is somehow comforting, knowing I'm not alone in my grief. Hearing you respond to the mostly nice things people are sharing is very therapeutic, and your perpetually positive attitude is infectious. Well, thank you. I am at a place now where I'm looking forward to listening to the last 14 episodes without sulking and pouting and dreading the end. I hope you continue to keep playing the messages and sharing your thoughts and feelings about the matter. It's almost like you're counseling now and taking people off the ledges. I think I kind of am, yes. I would love to share my feelings on the hotline, to hear myself on the highway before it goes away, but I'm not good at expressing my thoughts verbally, and I have too much to say, and I'm afraid I would break down like Debbie did. Yes, one of our pavement pounders actually got emotional and started crying. It was it was tough. I think you've responded to two previous emails I've sent in the past on the air, and it made my year. I would not be offended if you were to share this one as well, time permitting. If I had one final wish, it would to be here Corporal, to be able to hear Corporal Major Sergeant Tom Dowdy get head shrinked by Doctor Ascot. <laughs> Well, you never know. We still have 15 to go, right? Or 14 to go. 
I sincerely wish you all the best in your next phase of comic evolution and can't wait to see what you have in store. I will patient. I will wait patiently to see if you ever come to my neck of the woods, Western Canada, a eh, bud, and I will support you wholeheartedly. Teriyaki chicken chow mein, baby. Your BC bud, Jay Clark. Wow. What a nice uh, email from Jay. Thank you so much, Jay Clark. That that uh, you know. I have a multi-tiered uh, emotional uh, response to that because uh, part of me really emotionally appreciates the time and the effort you put into this this email and the wonderful things you said. You know, it's funny. I kind of get on here to do comedy and joke around and express myself, but when, when someone tells me that I brought them unlimited joy, positive mental health and well-being, these are all like side effects that that are just like so amazing. And I'm just so happy that, uh, that that type of stuff filters through with all the other lunacy. Um, so there you go. I'm, I'm glad you got something out of it, uh, not just laughing, but in other ways as well. And again, I'm sorry that the, the show is leaving, but um, I, hope, I hope you'll be excited about my, my new endeavors. I will let you know about them soon. I think, I think you're going to like them. They're, they're quite fun. And I'm not saying anything yet because I'm still working on them. But uh, once they're cooked, you will uh, be made aware. So uh, thank you, Jay Clark. Thank you for listening for all these years. Thank you for your great email, my, my Western Canadian bud, eh? And uh, and thank you for taking the time to write. Okay, what a what a great uh, email. That was awesome. Let's see what the heck else we have in here. Here is a email from Er Tweedy, Mister Featherstone. It says Harland Howley is stopping the podcast. Oh, this is a letter to Mister Featherstone. It sounds like. Uh, and he's telling Mr. Featherstone, he's saying, Harland Howley is stopping the podcast, Prod Proc. And needless to say, many pavement pounders are pretty upset. How do we get him to stay, Mr. Featherstone? I'm losing content and you're losing revenue. And Campfire Timmy's platform for his musical creations is gone. I'm hoping there is something that contractually obligates Harland to do this show forever. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. Thanks, Ethan from Dallas. Wow. Well, uh, I don't know if Mr. Featherstone's going to get this uh, this email or not. I can send it up to him, and who knows? Maybe Mr. Featherstone will make an appearance before the podcast ends. I wouldn't be surprised if he does, since he's you know he's been there from the beginning, and uh, he's kind of you know. He's kind of the guy who runs this thing. So what are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go to the next e- email. Next paper email. Uh, here's a here's an email from uh, Stony W. Stitt. Interesting name. Uh, it says, when you retire the show, I know I will feel a loss. It is quite evident that you put a lot of time and yourself into this endeavor. Very true. Many times my mood was buoyed by this podcast. 
but one was memorable. About a year and a half ago, my father died in an accident, and for a while I was depressed. One night, I was really bad, having bad dreams, and I woke up in the middle of the night deeply despondent. For some reason, I started scrolling around my iPod and stopped on Harland. I put on headphones, and a couple of hours later, I felt much better. You really have brightened many of my days. Thank you, Stony. Oh, my God. Almost brought me to tears. Uh, Stony, you are so welcome. And, boy, it's like the last email, man. It's it's like, I think I'm just doing this to, to be kooky and funny and nutty. But but then you realize that, that, that there's there's more to it. That, that uh, you know... That, that, that people are getting uh, deeper levels of satisfaction and things uh, out, out of the uh, the podcast. So that's, that's very touching and moving. We're sorry about your father and your loss. And, uh, yeah, never be depressed. Uh, I'm always here. That The, the, uh, the podcasts are going to stay right here. Uh, and you can go back and listen to the archives and things like that. So if you're ever having another bad night... Um, please, please come here and, uh, and enjoy. Uh, so we'll leave it there. Just a few, few, uh, few letters from the Harland Highway mailbag talking about the show and how it made people feel and hoping it helps everybody, uh, kind of adjust as we start to dwindle down to the final few episodes. So Raj, thank you for your letters, everyone. Raj, let's close up the Harland Highway mailbag, and uh, let's get back to the silliness. Another letter from our listeners, Actually, instead of silliness, how about something a little serious as we close out, okay? Uh, this, is, this is important. Texting and driving kills, okay? I think you've heard heard that, that texting and driving kills. And case in point, it is so dangerous. Case in point, that texting and driving kills. Check it out. I was driving down the highway the other day, right? A woman pulls up beside me going 75 miles an hour. I look over. She's texting while she's driving, okay? I floor it. I ram her dead. T-boned her, right? Cut her minivan right in half. Boom. She hadn't been texting. She would have seen me coming. You know what I mean? Texting and driving kills. And let's just leave it there. Let's leave the end of the show right there and let that sink in. Um, Let's do a few announcements before we end it, though. Right, Fake Raj? Okay, good. Um, Let's see. This weekend, oh, my God. I'm going to be doing some stand-up comedy at a place called the Mohican Sun Casino. This place is out near Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, Indian casino. It's nestled out in the woods. It's it's a big facility. It's beautiful. And uh, I, do, I do it like uh, once a year. I go out there and play, and it's a really fun club, really great crowds. And uh, so if you're out there, you know, you can make a night of it. You can come see my show. You can go gambling. You can go to some restaurants. You can sleep over and 
Smash your face into a wall, whatever you want to do. So that'll be March 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. The Mohican Sun Casino and the comedy club's called Comics with an X. You can go to harlandwilliams.com and uh, check on those dates and even buy tickets. And speaking of tickets, I want to thank San Diego. Oh, my God, I just did last weekend at the American Comedy Co. in San Diego, California. So much fun. Such great fans in San Diego. People that come out. Many come to see me every time I go down there. So thank you, San Diegoans. What a treat. What a treat. Um, And then what do I have coming up later in the year? Oh, yes, Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't think I've been out there. I don't think I've done stand-up in Cincinnati for a long time. So for those of you who live in Ohio or uh, work at WKRP, I will be at, uh, I think it's the Funny Bone in Cincinnati, April 26th and 27th. Oh, my gosh. So uh, check it out. Go to my website, harlowwilliams.com, and you can look at all the upcoming dates, see if I'm in your town or city, man. Um. And uh, that's about it. I think that's all we have for today, right, Raj? Happy St. Patrick's Day to all my Irish peeps. Uh, my heritage is um, is uh, is Irish on my mother's side. She was an O'Donnell, so I'm uh, I'm part Irish proudly. I love love my Irish heritage. It's interesting. I was at a St. Paddy's Day festival uh, yesterday. The day before St. Patrick's Day, and uh, some some uh, some people, uh, um, um, an Irish band was playing some traditional Irish music, and uh, it's very strange that when uh, I don't know if it's just me or if this happens to everyone, but um, I guess it's the Irish blood in me, in my genes, in my heritage. But when I hear that Irish music, I'm not kidding; it really stirs my my kind of body chemistry. Like I, I feel a connection to that music. I, I, I feel, you know, I can listen to any music on the radio and tap my feet and sing along. But, but when I hear like, like real Irish music, like folk music and Irish music, I'm telling you, man, it, it goes to a deeper level inside me. It feels like there's like a primal connection. There's some kind of like familiarity to it. Like it's like, oh, like it, it gets my blood going, man. It's really weird, and I, I, I'm sure that, I'm not sure, but I, I have a feeling that other cultures, like when Italian people hear traditional Italian music or Asian music or whatever your culture is, I'm, I'm guessing maybe you feel that, or maybe not. Maybe it's just me. I don't know, but I, I think it's kind of special. I kind of like it. It's kind of a weird thing that I never kind of expected in my life, but it really, it's really moving. It's powerful. And I and I wonder if it's if it's wired to my DNA. I, I think it must be. Uh, so, anyways, happy St. Patrick's Day, and uh, thank you for being here. Thank you again, everybody, for your letters and your phone calls, and uh, and we're gonna have fun these last uh, few episodes of the Harland Highway. So that's it. Until next time, everybody. Chicken. Chow mein, baby. Chicka chicka chow, chicka chicka chow mein, baby.